Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to dive deep with some career change topics that you may be wondering about. Am I joining a company culture or a cult? What are some of the best resources and tools to determine my strengths and interests? Should I settle in my next job, especially if I have financial concerns? We'll cover all this with insider access in our roundtable discussion with Lisa Lewis and several job seekers who were doing all of the interviewing. Lisa Lewis, my next guest, is an internationally recognized career change expert and author who has successfully coached more than 500 people in 10 plus countries. Lisa has been featured in the Washington Post, Forbes, and Business Insider as a trusted thought leader on creating a fulfilling career path. She is the host and executive producer of the Career Clarity Show podcast and quite recently published the book Career Clarity in November. Lisa's path evolved into coaching after working for nearly a decade at companies like the American Cancer Society, Teen Vogue, and Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. So get ready. This is going to be an episode filled with such nuggets of wisdom from a person who I just love listening to. And the job seekers are doing all the asking here. So you'll hear some real questions in one of our virtual events that job seekers are wondering, and you'll probably wonder the same. Let's get right to it. This is episode 202 of the Career Warrior Podcast. I want to make sure we take advantage of this time we do have with Lisa. We have about 10 minutes here. You can either ask your questions here in the chat here, or you could preferably unmute and just ask the question out loud to Lisa. If anybody's feeling like they've got a question, but they're feeling a little shy to share it in person here, it feels personal and they don't want to be going into everything, shoot me an email. You can reach me at Lisa, L-I-S-A, at getcareerclarity.com. And I'll put that in the chat box too, but I'm happy to set up a a conversation if that would be helpful too. But if you're not feeling shy. I'm not shy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Someone's got to start. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. So, you know, living in Austin, we have a lot of companies that really brag about their culture. It's on their website. There's even one company in town, I won't mention their name, but will pay their employees $2,000 if they tattoo sort of the company culture on their bodies. Not a joke. 2,000 bucks. That's aggressive. Um, And (laughs) that's living it, man. So the question I've just jumped into with that concept of that lifestyle, that culture the company has, that seems to be there's a borderline between a true culture and a cult or a true culture and and a wannabe culture. And I'm trying to see if there's things you can look at that are flags on how, I mean, you can talk to people, but I've asked the question to companies and I don't get really a straight answer sometimes. What are some ways you can discern a true culture of a company and how that would fit with an individual? One option is to sort of shake up the way that you're asking questions to folks. And I pull a page out of interview strategy for this because if somebody is interviewing you for a role, they're oftentimes going to ask very behavior-based questions. Mike, tell us about a time when you had a, an engineer who disagreed with the directive that you were giving as product manager. You can use that exact same framework for asking a question to folks that you're talking to at the organization, whether it's in a formal interview or whether it's in a more informational chat, tell me about how your company historically in the past, right? This has to be past-based that they give you a real deal story and don't just, you know, hypothetically spin something. Tell me about a time when your company 
you know, was trying to show employees appreciation. What did that look like? Or tell me about how the company does with inviting in diverse perspectives and opinions. Because I think that that can be one of the big challenges with companies that tend to skew a little bit more cult-like is that they really want sort of a, a monolith of thought, that they are looking for people who really conform to their one way of doing things. So asking the question of how does this company intentionally bring in diversity of thought and how does the company deal with challenge and how does the company solicit challenge to its strategy and to its tactics can give you a little bit of that insight of, is this a healthy company culture where they really value discussion? They really value contributions from folks at all levels, or are they more trying to just get people to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit too aggressively? And again, this comes back to what you personally value in a culture. Some people might love to be at a place where everybody's thinking the exact same way because the the transaction costs and the friction between getting things done are so minimal because everybody has the exact same vision. And other people really value being in a place where debate and discussion and challenge is encouraged and is part of the creative process. So putting your finger on what you value most and then figuring out how to ask a behavior-based question to your contact to get a little bit more nuance and discernment there might be your best bet. I like that. Thank you. Absolutely. So I have another one. <laughs> Go for it, Mike. <laughs> when you start looking at, and I've, I've done this, I'm just curious what your thoughts are as far as when you're looking at your strengths, there are a number of assessments that are out there that people can pay for or not, and there's, and there's scores of them. I'm kind of curious what you would use or what you recommend on some of the best ones to find your strengths. I love this question because I have a little bit of a controversial answer to it. So the one that everybody knows of and loves and talks about ad nauseum is, of course, the Strength Finder, right? From Gallup, from Clifton, it gives you your top five themes. They give you your 34 possible strengths. One of the challenges with this assessment and that they, they kind of know and they're trying to address head on, and I don't know that they're doing as strong of a job as they could with, is that this is a great assessment to give you your capabilities, right? This is a great assessment to tell you what you can do. It is not a good assessment to tell you what you get energy and life and enthusiasm and motivation from. And there's actually an assessment called the Strength Scope. And the British Psychological Society, that the BPS, worked in tandem with the company Strength Scope to certify this as a legitimate tool for helping people to better identify their energizers and their drivers of energy at work. And I think that it is an awesome tool to help you make that distinction between not just what am I good at, what can I do, but what are the things that give me motivation? What are the things that I lean towards, even if I'm not as good at them as other people within my organization? Because that kind of a distinction is really powerful when it comes to identifying the places that you wanna learn and grow more and the places where you feel like you can gain more energy and more excitement at work rather than kind of plateauing in mastery, which can oftentimes be where a lot of folks end up accidentally in their work. I'm a big proponent of strength scope. The United States facilitator of that is a company called Helios. And typically mm. because it's so different from strength finder, they have you do a facilitation of the debrief of what you get as your results for that so that you understand the distinctions and you understand how to operationalize it. Um, so that's something that I do facilitations of, if that's interesting to any of you and you want to do an energy assessment that way, but there are tons of other strength scope people who can help you through that kind of a process who are awesome. So if you're feeling like you'd like a little bit more nuance around that, that's a great tool to seek out. Thank you. All right. Kara, we don't want to miss you if you want to chime in. Brought some other ideas, like you're saying for careers, but the problem with me is I don't get to 
really make choices. I have to have a job so I can't be picky because I have to have health insurance. It's not an option. So finding something that I'm passionate about, it's very difficult because I don't have a lot of choice. I'm kind of looking to myself, asking what, although I'm interested in something, how can I relate it to something that I can do right away? I don't have to go back to school or something like that. For folks who are in sort of a a mission critical, I need to get back into employment immediately because I have a financial need or a health need. Typically, the way that I encourage folks is to look at all the things that you've done in the past and identify the places where you felt the most sense of connection, the biggest sense of energy, the things that are already working that you can use to go into what's next. Because let's say that you have, let's say you're a project manager and you really want to do project management in the ed tech space, but your current background really only has you aligned with the health tech space, it could be great to think about, okay, where in the health tech space have I felt the most connected? Where have I felt the most interested? Where have I felt the most curiosity? And double down on that so that you're using the sorts of things that are going to make you a really interesting immediate candidate to give you some uplift, some updraft, some momentum, but that also feels like you're not selling yourself out. Because one of the the real challenges of being in the situation that you're in is that if you're applying for jobs that you do not feel any sense of connection and interest to, it usually shows. Like we usually think that we're better liars than we are and that we can sort of like spin these beautiful cover letters that are like, I swear I care about waste management. But like (laughs) at the end of the day, it usually comes through in your energy and your cover letter and the way that you tailor your resume. So I want to encourage you to give yourself permission to lean into the stuff that you're already qualified to do that feels the least crappy, right? Hopefully the most energy giving, hopefully the most life giving to give you that bridge. And then once you've got whatever employment that is, once you've landed the job, you feel like you can exhale, that then can be the platform to think about what's dream 2.0. You know, if I want to move into ed tech, what are some of the things that I can be doing you know, maybe even just 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day can make myself a more interesting candidate so that when the time comes, I feel like I get to have more choice and more control over what could be next for me. So I hear you and I'm so sorry that that's the situation that you're in. And I think that making the best of what you got right now is usually the most effective strategy. And then using that once you've landed something to give yourself a little bit more space and a little bit more time and a little more runway to start making inroads into what else is next and be a nice way to kind of break it into a two-step process. And Chris, you sound like you want to jump in too. Well, I I just want to say that's such a brilliant question. I'm glad you asked it because it kind of, for me, that says like it's an evolving process and that like the next job you get doesn't have to be this perfect 10 out of 10 dream job that you've been going for. And I think for me, that might be too much pressure if I did expect to get that out of the next leap in my career. And so I've heard that too before, even from other career coaches that have said that it is okay to have it be this evolving process to where you keep moving towards something that eventually is just your perfect 10 out of 10. I have a couple of questions that were asked in the chat. I'll have to cap it off there just for time's sake, but I do want to make sure that these do get asked as well. Someone asked, how is the strength scope different or similar to energy leadership? Have you heard that before, Lisa, energy leadership? I have never gotten to do or gotten to use energy leadership. So I don't know that I'm the best person to speak to that. But on the Scope website, they have a lot of compare contrast between a lot of typical assessments and then their assessment. So it might be worth going and poking around on their website if that's interesting. But Janice, I would say that if energy leadership works for you 
and the results that you got from it are showing you places where you feel energy and motivation and excitement, trust that. Roll with that. Don't bother taking a million assessments, you know, into perpetuity. If you've got something that works and that feels resonant and aligned, use that and run with that instead. And she also asked any suggestions for helping to identify interests. There are a couple different ways that you can go about identifying your interests. One kind of like what I was saying on the podcast is to do a little inventory of what are the sorts of articles that I'm reading for fun? What are the other podcasts that I'm listening to? What are the kinds of information that I'm consuming of my own volition for enjoyment? So doing an inventory of that can be a great place to start. If you're wanting an assessment to do this, I can only partially recommend the strong interest inventory. And the reason that is, is that it's, it's pretty good at giving you your interests, but then it has a little section where it says recommended careers based on your interests. And everybody I know who has ever taken this assessment gets to that recommended careers part and has a breakdown because the recommended careers are not a good fit, right? It'll say like, you really like interacting with people. So your recommended career should be becoming a bartender. And people are like, whoa, 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 I have a master's in organizational development. Like, don't talk to me about being a bartender. Use what works out of it if it works for you. And if you feel like you want to take an assessment externally to give you that validation, but leave the rest. Don't put too much stock and too much faith and too much legitimacy into information like that. That's again, only on one of your four pillars, right? If you like being social, a bartender might be a great career path for you. But it doesn't take into account your strengths. It doesn't take into account your personality needs. It doesn't take into account your lifestyle. So take it all with a grain of salt. But personal inventorying plus assessments like this can be a really helpful framework. Thank you so much. Just one last thing was, I think it was clarifying something you said earlier, but what was the first test that you mentioned that measures energy and careers, Lisa? Yeah, Jeannie, that's the, the strength scope assessment. But it sounds like Janice was, was suggesting that energy leadership is also a great one too. So mm -hmm. check them out, see if one resonates with you, see if it feels good, see if your instinct and your intuition is saying, yeah, it would be really helpful to get some additional information here or additional nuance here and then lean into that. Perfect. Well, I am going to wrap it up here. We're a little bit over, but wanted to say thank you to everyone for attending and a big, big thank you to Lisa for this presentation today. Lisa, I've worked with a lot of people, but you are one of the most generous people that I know that I've partnered with for our company. So I can't thank you enough for your time today and coming in and speaking about how to get clarity on where to go next. It's such a burning question that I know a lot of people are asking, especially during this time. Thanks, Lisa. Any, any last words before we sign off? Well, thank you for having me. I think that one of the reasons you and I get along so well is because I think we're both obsessed with helping people and helping people to step into things that feel happier and healthier and more sustainable and more fulfilling. So it is always fun to get to collaborate with you. But I'll say if anybody here is feeling super burned out and frustrated on their job search, please don't hesitate to send me an email. I've got a recorded webinar that I did on the five ways to keep motivated, even when you feel like you're losing steam, especially when you're searching in the middle of a recession and pandemic. And I'm happy to send that along too, if that would be helpful. So hang in there. You've got this. Keep leaning into tools and resources and communities like this, because these sorts of connections are going to be what helps open the doors for you. And keep breathing. You got this. I'm sorry you're in this situation. Kudos for you for getting the support and the encouragement that you need to keep moving forward. Okay, Warriors, that wraps it up for today. This was episode 202 of the Career Warrior podcast with Lisa Lewis Miller. And gosh, just really enjoyed this one and listening to the actual voices of people asking these questions. 
All the more reason for you to check out our website. That's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. Why? Because we have events like this quite frequently and you'll have the chance to ask questions in real time too. So make sure to check that out. We'll link that in the description and I'll see you next time. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.